You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow a side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews. So let's get started. Hey, hey guys, it's Nikayla here, back with another solo episode. I haven't done one of these in a while, so I thought it was beyond time for me to check in with some side hustle updates, plus answer some listener questions, because I haven't done that in a while either. So first and foremost, happy December. I don't know about you, but I'm really into the holidays. So all this month, I will be getting into the holiday spirit by having a giveaway on each episode. So tune in to enter for a chance to win awesome products and business tools listen in to every episode this December. Alrighty. Oh, another quick announcement. Um, You can catch me in person in New York on January 6th. I will be speaking at the Brown Girls Love Power event hosted by Christina Brown of Love Brown Sugar. And again, that's in New York City on January 6th, 2018. Visit browngirlslovepower.com to get your tickets and use code SIDEHUSTLEPRO to save $50. I'll link to that in the show notes too. Alrighty, so let's get into today's episode. So today's episode, as I said, it's all about Q&A and I'll be answering some listener submitted questions. But first, I want to just give a mini check-in about how things are going on my own business. So first of all, can I be very honest? Lately, I've been feeling really fearful and I completely believe in the mantra, feel the fear and do it, do it anyway, which is what I do most times. But that doesn't mean that the feeling doesn't stop me in my tracks sometimes. So to give you an example, I've begun working with consulting clients. So I am taking on marketing consulting clients and it's led me to have to do new things that I'm not always comfortable with. Things like writing proposals, writing contracts, coming up with my rates, pitching the overall business arrangement, and more. And it's forcing me to push even further out of my comfort zone and tackle fear head on in a way that I just haven't done before. So even further of an example, right? I had a call with a prospective client last month, and it was a great call, phenomenal call, and the client was eager to begin working with me. So the next step was for me to send over the proposal and get the ball rolling on working toward an official agreement. And do you know what I did next? I completely stalled. I procrastinated. I had like a mini internal freak out and I found everything else in the world to do rather than just sit my butt down and knock out this proposal. So I don't really know what was going on, or at least at the time, I didn't know what was going on. It's not like I was starting from scratch. You know, I've written proposals before. I have a media kit. I have a base and templates to work off of. I've pitched tons of sponsors and and secured sponsorships for Side Hustle Pro. So I know about this sales sequence. I'm no expert, but I've done this part before. So, you know, what was the issue, right? It turns out I was just so intimidated by this client and the idea of crafting a proposal for her in particular, because 
in my mind, she's so accomplished and so dope. You know, that's why I wanted to work with her in the first place that I was intimidated. And so I procrastinated. And ultimately, I had to be honest with myself about these feelings and my own self-doubt. I did what I had to do. I journaled. I wrote down affirmations. I repeated those affirmations to myself. I talked it through with Moyo, my husband, and I was finally able to push through that mental block and just send the damn proposal. (laughs) So clap it up. I did send the proposal. Now, I haven't heard back yet and we haven't closed on the agreement, but I'm just so proud of myself for conquering that fear and just doing it. And I know for sure that I'll get better and better at closing clients. And that makes me happy. And I just wanted to share that in case some of you are struggling with fear and crippling self-doubt that causes you to get into situations like I did and lose steam and miss opportunities. And I, all I can say and my advice to you is to do what you have to do to get out of that mental state. Now, don't beat yourself up for getting into that state to begin with, because you can't, um, you'll get better at this, but you can't predict how you'll respond to certain new and uncomfortable situations, right? Like we all have this comfort zone and, and even when something is new, we eventually get comfortable with that. And, you know, we have to get, push ourselves even further to get comfortable with something new. So it goes on and on. It's an endless part of life, but do what you have to do to get out of that mental state. Don't beat yourself up for getting into that state, right? You are going to get into that state, accept that as a part of life, but do what you have to do to break through and keep it moving. So that was my learning from November. And now let's get into today's questions. Okay. So the first listener asked, I'm trying to really get good with my time management. I'm a wife with a long commute. So after the day job and wife duties, sometimes I find it difficult to find time for my business and myself. What tips and tricks do you have for managing your spare time after the day job is over and hubby is fed? Do you have an app, marketing calendar, fave tools to help with this? Someone else asks a similar question too. How do you find the discipline and energy to create with a demanding nine to five and relationship? Alrighty, so I'm going to take a stab at this. You know, hey, first of all, thanks for entrusting me to answer this question, y'all. I hope my answer doesn't come off condescending or rude in any way, but I'm going to answer this as I would any of my girlfriends. And that's why my first question to you is, what are wife duties? <laughs> you know, in all seriousness, um, I don't subscribe to traditional roles in the sense that I'm expected to do all the cooking and cleaning and make sure my husband is fed and then can work on my business after I've done all that. No, I subscribe to the thinking and my husband and I are on the same page on this. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't be compatible, but I subscribe to the thinking that my husband and I are partners in love and life. So that means we try to support each other in all ways, on all fronts. And I think as women, we have to take pressure off of ourselves to be this superwoman because it's just impossible, right? Like you can't come home, cook, clean, do this all and work on your side business every night. It's just impossible. For example, If I'm going to cook, that tends to be on a Sunday when I can meal prep for the week and I'll make a list and Moyo will go grab the groceries, right? We're partners. 
Other than Sunday, it's very rare to find me cooking during the week because my weeknights are reserved for side hustling. If we're running low on meals, we went through the food a little bit fast, then my husband will text and pick up dinner for us, or I'll shoot him a recipe and ask if he can make that that night. Um, You know, I don't say this to tell you how to run your home because to each her own, I just say it to recommend figuring out ways to share the load so that you have energy to create after coming home from your demanding job. And I've also shared how I manage my spare time and have gotten myself into a system that helps me to execute and perform on a really high level. I've created a system that I call the Goal Getter Action Plan. I've broken this down in a couple of episodes, and it's basically I break my goals into 12-week sprints and focus on nothing else for the three months. Essentially, what it does is I know I'm only focusing on certain things for a month, so therefore I can break those down by week and I can break those down by day. And when you get really honed in on what you want to accomplish that way. At least for me, it helps. So one, you don't feel overwhelmed. You know exactly what you need to tackle. You can break it out as as any way you, you can slice it. So if you know you only have an hour a day, whether that's in the morning, you know, if you do really enjoy cooking at night, you can break down your goals into a really feasible action format for you so that You're only doing an hour a day or 30 minutes a day, but you're getting something really strategic and important done. So that's how I manage my spare time. Um, I use a regular notebook to keep track of all of this, my to-do list, my goal-getter action plan. And it's, again, it's helped me to stay laser focused. I talk about it in a few episodes and you can learn more about it at sidehustlepro.co slash goal-getter. Other than that, I live by my Google Calendar, like everything that's happening in my life is on the calendar. And I also, my biggest tip is I protect my time by saying no to things I don't want to do. Let me say that again. I protect my time by saying no to things that I don't want to do. And you would be surprised how much stuff you have going on in your life because you are afraid to say no and you are that much more overwhelmed. And that could even be at work too, right? So pay attention to how you are using your time, how you're giving away your time and take back some of your time because I guarantee you are probably distributing it a little too generously. Finally, as far as the discipline piece, I got very clear this year on my why everybody's why is going to be different. My why for me is, you know, long-term, I want to build Side Hustle Pro into something great and be able to go full-time. I'm working for my freedom, right? So once I got really clear on that, it centered me. And whenever I'm tempted to slack, it just pulls me back to center. And when you know your why, it's not about finding discipline or energy. Like, you know, you don't just, you don't, just pull that out of the sky. It's like you have it because you are so determined to get that why. So I encourage you to really hone in on like, why am I doing this? Is it to make a quick buck? Is it because someone else say they make says they make, you know, a thousand a month? Like, what is my why? You need a deeper why than just, it can't just be the cash. It can't just be anything. Like it has to really be connected to a deeper meaning and purpose for you. So Think through that a little bit more and it will really help you to get more disciplined and laser focused. Alrighty. Number two, 
How and when did you decide to convert your personal social media pages into public brand slash company pages? And do you have a Finsta for your friends and family? All right, my answer to this is going to be really short. I know it will not be the same for everyone, but I do not have a Finsta. I decided to convert my personal social media pages once I determined that I was building something bigger and that I was okay being the face of my company. So if you feel the same way, it's perfectly okay to convert your pages. If you know you're going to stick with this brand that you're building and you know it makes sense, um, it's okay if you lose some of your friends as followers, that's fine. I find it easier to only keep up with one page, but that's not to say I'll always only have a personal slash brand page, right? Like I have different business arms that I'm thinking of building out and they may or may not get a social media page as well. So it really is a case by case basis. But if you are in the position where, you know, you know, you're building something bigger, you're okay with being the face of your company, then it is okay to switch over those pages and just convert them as long as you have the, um, the name that you want to use. Number three. I'd love to know how you deal with family and friends who want your service for free. Ooh, this is a good one. Um, <laughs> so thankfully, I haven't had many family members or friends try to get my services for free. That said, I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine who's been on the show. I was having a conversation with her about people who just try to get your services for free and they come at you with some really like lackluster offer. And, you know, she'll, she shared that oftentimes people will tell her, man, I really want to work with you, but your prices are just so high. And she will tell them straight up, well, you must not really want to work with me then. <laughs> and it's so true, right? My advice for you, if anyone approaches you with these lackluster expectations, first of all, you don't owe anyone anything, all right? Family, friend, blood, what have you, you do not owe anyone anything. This is a business that you work hard on. You put time in. You, there are no freebies here, okay? And my advice is not to drag out those kind of conversations. Don't entertain them for long. Set your boundaries, make it known, and do it quickly. A few ways that I found is helpful to do this is to just let people know, like, I can't work with you in a formal capacity, but here's something you might want to look into and then point them in the direction of something, you know, one to two free resources. And don't, you know, go out of your way doing a whole bunch of resource and doing their work for them, because honestly, if they don't want to pay money, they should be researching on their own. But I know it's family and, you know, you love people, so you do want to help them out. So, be cordial but firm. Point them in direction of an alternative since they can't pay your rate and then stick to your guns. The only instance I would say you should ever consider working for free is if you are bartering. And bartering should be very much an equal. Both people are getting benefit out of this. So if you are getting a service of equal value from the other person and it's for a limited time frame, then you may, this is still, still a big, you know, may bold underscore underlined, may want to consider um, in that case, exchanging services for free, but you would still write and sign an agreement for that, set your terms. I really recommend to check in periodically. So let's say you sign on for three months, right? Again, this should be very limited. You, you, you don't want to be bartering for a year or, or more. Very limited time frame. 
and check in every month, whatever is comfortable for you guys to see if you're both continuing to get the mutual benefit. And if not, then cut it off. End of story. Alrighty. Number four. What tips do you have for those who feel they have plateaued in growing their IG with engaged shoppers? So I, like everyone else, have seen the fluctuations in Instagram engagement. And, you know, it's not surprising, like Instagram is always switching up their algorithm. This is a part of the game. So the first thing I would ask you is, are you studying the gram? To succeed on Instagram, you literally have to continually study it like you are in class, you are in the school of social media. If you want this to be a part of your business, either you or someone you hire needs to be in the university of social media and willing to continually learn, study, report, evaluate what is going on on the platform. So somebody is getting great engagement, right? So what's working for them? Who is it working for? No matter who you are, someone in your industry is flourishing on the gram. So what are they doing? You know, what kind of content are they posting? What hashtags are they using? If you're in my Master of the Gram course, you've heard me talk about this. We have all seen the Instagram impressions drop off. We have all seen the changes. But what I talk about in Master of the Gram is some of the apps that I use to measure what's happening at all times. So what I do is I use Social Blade. That's an app to first compare how I'm doing as far as week over week growth to similar accounts. Is it something that my growth has slowed down, but their growth has also slowed down? If that's the case, then I know, okay, this is something industry-wide across the board and we're all working through it together. However, if they're still maintaining the same percentage that they've always maintained or if they've even seen an increase, I know that there's something that I need to switch up and that my approach is getting stale. So I use Social Blade to evaluate the content that's working as well as the the growth percentage because it will tell you that. It will tell you how many followers per day different accounts are getting. And something else that I also did was I switched over to a business account. Now, I held out on this for as long as possible because I really, really hesitated to get into a situation with a business page where I felt like I always had to pay for engagement. But at the end of the day, it turns out that the pros of having a business page so far has outweighed the cons. And the pro for me is really getting to see what's going on with my posts. So I may think I'm getting low engagement, but in actuality, my posts may have only gotten 900 impressions. They may have only been seen in a limited number of timelines. And it's like, how can I expect 2000 likes when my post isn't reaching 2000 people? So this kind of study and insight into what's actually going on has helped me to say, okay, what action do I need to be taking to get my posts more reach? So is that trying different times of the day? different times of the week, focusing on new, fresh, different, better graphics, refreshing my hashtags, because that's something that we all get very stale on. Once we found something, we just kind of plug it in on autopilot. But no, we have to refresh that. And then also just doing an overall content theme reboot. Honestly, you guys, I love Instagram analysis. I could talk about this for an entire episode again, as I've done in the past. And I have been toying around too with the idea of opening up 
paid office hours so I can help people on a one-on-one basis. If you're interested in this, let me know. Again, still toying with it because I have so much else going on, but I would love to sit down and take a full audit of your account to let you know what's going on, what you're doing wrong, what you can fix, what you need to be doing and help you reboot your content altogether because this is not something that can be answered in a quick, you know, 10 second answer. This is something where we need to go through together, do a deep dive and help you to completely plan a new approach. And again, if that's something you'd be interested in, leave a comment on my Instagram post for this episode. Alrighty. Number five, what are your tips for finding networking events? In truth, I've not been going to a ton of networking events as 2017 was my heads down and execute year. But when I do feel like mingling, I find out about events by just following influencers in the industries I'm interested in. So I follow them on Instagram and they're usually posting about what they're going to next or speaking at next. I also browse Eventbrite to see what's going on in my area, what's going on in the industries that I'm interested in. I also Google keywords of industry events. And I also look at the event pages of organizations and publications in the industries I'm interested in. For example, if you're interested in public relations, marketing, tech, there is an organization for just about everything under the sun. And they are usually local chapters of those. So that's where I would start. All righty. Number six, what's your favorite piece of advice that you've ever gotten about being a black female entrepreneur? Ooh, this is always a tough one. It's always dependent on the season of my life that I'm in, the mood, the mode, what's recently happened. But um, my favorite piece that just came to mind was, you already know from who, from Miley Teal of Curlbox. She said in her episode of Side Hustle Pro that, If you love this as much as you say you do, then get up and get busy. And that has helped me in many situations, including the situation that I talked about in the beginning of this episode, where you're bound to get into moments where you don't feel like doing the work. But then you have to remember your why and you have to tell yourself if you love this and if you want this as much as you say you do, then you better get up. You better find a way to break out of that rut and make it work and do the damn thing. So that is a piece of advice I think we can all live by and use to power through. All righty. Number seven. How much money did you invest into your side hustle before it was profitable? Oh, 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 oh. Too much. No, (laughs) I'm kidding. There are people who come on this show who have invested thousands upon thousands of dollars. So I never feel a way about, you know, how I have approached Side Hustle Pro. So first of all, I took a loss in 2016, um, so much so that my tax guy was like, "Uh, this is fine for your first year. This is cute. But just so you know, if you're in the negative every year, then the IRS no longer considers this a business. It will just be a hobby. So that really put um, some fire under my butt coming into 2017. And when I look back, because I keep, you know, I actually really enjoy like going through my revenue and expenses each month. I keep a spreadsheet on that. And when I look back at how much I invested before becoming profitable, it was um, a little over 8000 So 
this was not all, you know, in one shot. This was over time as I was in business for over a year before I started making enough revenue to not only cover, but exceed my expenses. So all the payments and everything for services, for software, for events, for um, courses, all of that was coming out of my salary and, you know, roughly a little over 8,000. Alrighty. Number eight, what do you look for when searching for people to interview? I swear you have the most interesting people on. Oh, thank you very much. Um, This is also a great question. So thank you for asking. And I'm glad you're enjoying the guests so far. So I really look for people. And over time, you guys can probably tell that I've become a little more strategic about my guests. You know, in the beginning, it was kind of like, a little bit looser, more flexible with the definition of an entrepreneur, with the definition of a side hustler. And I mean, everyone was always a side hustler, but I've become really focused on making sure people actually have a viable business because I think it's really important to share stories of healthy businesses and healthy business growth. So with that said, I asked myself a series of questions and there's a series of boxes that people have to check before they can um, jump into the Side Hustle Pro guest chair. So that includes, do they have an actual business, aka either a product or service and customers? (laughs) Um, Are or were they side hustlers? And is their company generating revenue? Can they offer valuable advice and wisdom on a particular industry? Did they go through a journey that would be interesting to listeners? This this part is really important to me because I pay attention to the reactions to different episodes and I re- and I see some common themes about what makes an episode really resonate with listeners. And so, you know, when people come on here and they make it sound super easy and like, oh, everything just worked out. Everything just fell into place. It doesn't move you, right? Like you are then, you feel as though you can't relate to that person because you yourself are probably struggling with something, struggling with figuring something out. So we need to understand your journey and look for a story. And, And sometimes that is hard to fully predict because you'll only see like, sometimes people are just starting out or you'll only see a couple of articles on the internet and you, you don't have a chance to hear them speak to know how they come up, come across on audio. Will they be flat? Will they be engaging? Will they be energetic? All of those can be a little bit of, um, you know, toss of the dice, but I, over time, am developing a good casting ear and casting lens. So these are some of the guiding questions that have helped me. And then finally, they have to check the box of, you know, is their biz- does their business seem viable? And I say seem because I've come to see from follow-up where they know with some of the side hustle pro guests that a business can seem truly viable, can get so much funding and still go under. So... I do always, always look for businesses that seem viable. And then I also look for businesses that seem as if their success and business model are relatable. Like there are a lot of people who do amazing things and became entrepreneurs, but they're kind of like flukes. It's not something that you can just get up and yourself replicate. And it's not like I want people to, you know, copy off off of every guests on the show, but I want you to learn actionable things that you can implement. You know, if I had Mark Zuckerberg on this show, 
it, nobody, not many people can get up and create the next Facebook, right? So that wouldn't necessarily be as relatable, although it could be interesting. So these are just a few of the things that I really sit down and weigh before inviting someone into the guest chair. Finally, number nine. What is your long-term goal as it relates to turning the wonderful work you've done with the podcast? What will that look like for you? What do you want to do? Why? Thank you for this question. I think it's, I I hope it's, I I mean, I'm not ashamed to say that I've been very um, open with what I ultimately want my future to look like. Um, My long-term goal is to go full-time as an entrepreneur and to build out the Side Hustle Pro platform. And also, as I mentioned earlier in the show, expanding the marketing consulting arm of my brand. Now, when I say expand the Side Hustle Pro platform, I'm talking about content to move beyond just podcasts to on two different platforms. I can definitely see myself on TV one day. Are you listening, Oprah? or traveling to different, you know, traveling around the country to speak. I would also like to, within that platform that I hope to develop, have tactical resources for women who are getting started to start to do some of the things that we're still missing in our community, like connecting entrepreneurs to angels. So all of this is not fully shaped yet, but that is the beauty of this adventure that I'm on. You know, that's what's exciting to me is that every day is a new day to start out, flesh it out, and you never know where I'll be a year from now. So I have a plan and I'm working the plan, but I love the fact that life so far has spun me in some amazing new directions that I never would have predicted. So I try right now to not just say, this is what I'm going to do and this is it. And this is the five-year plan. Boom, 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 boom. Um, I think, you know, one of uh, my guests, Evita Robinson, talked about that on her episode. And I can totally relate to that because I would never have guessed that I would be here right now on this podcast talking about the things that I'm talking about um, even two years ago. So definitely keeping my options open. And that's all for this edition of Q&A. So thank you all for submitting your questions. I'm glad I was able to answer some of them. And feel free to submit more questions to me at hi at sidehustlepro.co. And I'll answer them in the next Q&A episode. And as a reminder, if you'd like to hear me share more of my advice and wisdom in person, I will be speaking at the Brown Girls Love Power event in New York City on January 6th. Visit browngirlslovepower.com to get your tickets and use code SIDEHUSTLEPRO to save $50. All righty, and there you have it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly side hustle diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at side hustle pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.